0: Hi, this is Alan Osmond. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Osmond. Hi, this is the bear, Merrill Osmond. Thank you, everybody, for joining Tom Roach each month as he takes you on a magical Osmond musical tour. This show has got a lot of get-up-and-go and and a whole lot of soul. So remember to catch my little brother from another mother, Tom Roach, on my
1: BNR. This is Tom Roach, host of the Osmond Hour, heard every last Thursday through Sunday of the month, on the wbnr radio network and heard online at mybnr.com. Now back to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive with your host, Billy Powell.
0: Remember, don't get stuck with another sticker company. Stick with StickerYeti.com for all of your sticker needs and much, much more. Sticker Yeti is the place for all of your needs when it comes to stickers. Check them out today.
1: Didn't want to run laps. I I, I didn't want to run laps. Did when you were coaching? Did you? I mean, what? How was? uh, When you wanted to teach the team a lesson when you were coaching, how did you use running? Or what kind of uh, what kind of things did did you help motivate your players not to make the same mistakes over and over? Was running one of them?
0: Yes, it was. uh, you know, uh, Bill, thanks for having me on. I should say that first. Uh, I, uh, we run laps after every practice. I think probably more for conditioning. I know in high school, my coach in high school, every night after practice we would run at least uh, 40 or 50 laps, you know. And we were in terrific physical shape and won many games in the last quarter of a ball game but as far as uh, uh discipline and all occasionally i would do that but i don't know that i would make it a common practice you know really
1: you know it's kind of like uh you know in the movie hoosiers you know gene hackman coach normandale said that you know they may not be the best basketball team in the state of indiana but they're going to be the most in shape basketball team
0: yeah Right, I remember that scene. I
1: do. Yes. Another question, and and just to let everybody know, I started right off the cuff. I didn't do any intro or anything else like that. We have uh, Coach Rex Wells from us uh, uh, with us today, and uh, we're gonna, you know, we've had him on for uh, three interviews today. We're gonna talk about just the game of basketball and Indiana high school basketball. And Coach Wells, I thank you so much for spending some time with us again.
0: Well thanks Bill for having me on. I mean that sincerely. I look I look forward to it. Yes.
1: You know, back from, you know, talking about running and how that motivates a team and and as a coach in basketball, uh, how do you you know, you've got 10 or 12 players on the squad, you know, probably four or five just aren't starters? How do you get playing time or keep a, a someone who is on the bench motivated to, uh, to for the game of basketball, even though there's four, five, six, seven players in front of them deep?
0: Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> that's really a great question, because you're right, you know, you have 10 or 11 players on the team, and you're only going to play five guys, you know, at a time. And some of the kids are not going to get a lot of playing time and I think one of the key things as a coach I think you've got to figure out how to incorporate those kids that don't get a lot of playing time into buying into the fact hey you're really important to this team uh, as much as the first five or, or the star player and I think you create that motivation in practice, whereby you take a kid that's not getting a lot of playing time, but he becomes a, a role player where he makes perhaps the first five or first uh, uh, kid in, on the team, the first forward or the first uh, guard, makes him better. He makes him better play, a better player in practice. And he buys in to the fact that, hey, you know, I'm pretty important. I'm making him a better player. Uh, I had a player like that once in, I remember, 1958. This kid, he was tough, and, but he didn't get a lot of playing time. But he made his friend, who was a forward and ended up being an all-state basketball player, by the way, uh, he made him better in practice. Every night, he made him better. And I think that's where you have to – a coach has to bring in that uh, concept that, you, look, uh, we're all we're all a team. We're a team.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that. And, and you know, there was only one particular time in that 1958 season um, that you had to really process this. But at, at what point when you guys got to the Final Four in 1958 did you think, you know, I'm going to put some of these kids in so that they can um, – they can experience a final four and how rough of a decision is that because you know we all you, you wanted to win and you wanted to have your best players out on the floor at what point do you think you know what it's it's not going to happen we've had a great season let me get some of these other guys into the game to enjoy a final well, that's Four moment
0: good, uh, a very good uh thought bill uh in 1958 uh we played we played fort wayne south and they were the favorites you know and and you've read the book and you know the story. They had the seven foot center, the tallest player to ever play Indiana basketball at that time. Not only that, but they had two kids on each side of the center It was six five, six four, and they were great basketball players. Long story short, uh, we got down the first half by I think it was twelve points, and it looked like it was going to be a runaway. I I remember going down in the dressing room. I didn't say a lot in the dressing room Half, We more or less just sat there in in silence, and uh, I probably said something probably after as we got ready to come back. But during the second half, Bill, uh, we played Fort Wayne South even. We played them even. We scored the same number of field goals, both teams, second half, And we made two runs at Fort Wayne, and the second run we got the score down to five points, and we had a two-point free throw by one of our forwards, and lo and behold, he missed them both. So we, we were making a run at them. But as the game progressed, and there was only about three minutes left, as the game progressed, they regained their momentum. And uh, they got it back up to 12 points. With about a minute, I think it was about a minute and a half, so to go. Uh, I, I remember sitting there, and my, and probably four maybe even yeah, four of the kids that had never played had never played on the court, hadn't been in a game. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is a once in a lifetime experience. I know. I thought this. I just know it a once-in-a-lifetime experience. These guys have played and practice and really busted themselves to uh, keep going as a, as a team player. And uh, with about a minute to go, I put those guys in. I put them in. And, uh, you know, to this day, two or three of them will say me when we get together for a reunion or something, they'll say, you know, uh, Coach, boy, that was the greatest experience of my lifetime <laughs> to be able to have said I, I played on the the Butler Fieldhouse hardwood.
1: You know it's interesting. Would, uh, go, would, go, go ahead.
0: Bill I would have been really remiss not to do that. You know that.
1: Oh of course, of course. Um about two weeks ago I went back home to Indiana. And it's very it's um it's very interesting. The last mm-hmm. time I went back was like eight years ago and you have really? all you have all of these um you know, all of these things that I wanted to do and, and you know, I, I wanted to bring back a little bit of everything. And we, we went to uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, uh, which, oh, at wow. the, which at the time when you guys played there in uh, 58, it was Butler Fieldhouse.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And, mm-hmm. and, you know, everything in there, they have gone from fifteenth seating, 15,000 now to 8,200.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
1: You know, it' the, today's game I in college: know, no, yeah, no. it, you know, in today's game in college basketball, though, it's all about you know money. Oh yeah. but oh, yeah. But what was interesting in going through those, uh, you know, the, the, the pool has been taken out, and they've done so many renovations, and you know the, the smell of the pool in there, you know, to me brought uh, back great memories of the, uh, the smell of Hinkle House. But the yeah. only thing in Hinkle House now that is original. Is the floor that was built there in 1928, in which you guys played on?
0: Well, you know the the field house seated over 15,000 then. You know that, right? In 1950, uh, the 1950s, I think I read recently. I, I did a little reading on that. Uh, the Butler Field House was the largest basketball arena in the, in the United States up until I think it was 1950. Wow. Uh and and you know, uh that's a sellout that was a sellout every year, you know that.
1: Hard to get tickets.
0: Yeah, yeah, you couldn't get tickets. <laughs> this is a interesting story. We I think we only got nine hundred tickets because we only had three hundred plus enrollment high school, Spring Valley High School, nineteen fifty seven, fifty eight, new school, no. So we only got about a thousand tickets for that for that uh, tournament.
1: And now was that split that way with all four schools, or was it based upon the uh, uh, the amount enrollment of enrollment? It was so, but that's yeah. that's kind of not. Uh, I yeah. guess I don't know if that's fair or not. Would you agree with that?
0: Well, I kind of <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I agreed with it in 1958 because you know what we had people, and this is really sad, but it's true. We had people fans. That would have given their, I don't know what, to have those tickets, but they, they couldn't get in. And, you know, it was really disappointing for them because they, there wasn't no tickets available. And by the time, uh, uh, you know, the, the team and the families of the team and, and the school and the, and the students, et cetera, there was not very many tickets left for, for fans. And it became it became a real uh, bad publicity thing because fans just wanted to be there.
1: Where did you guys? Where did you and the team? Did you guys stay at a hotel or a motel when you guys went up for the final we four? Did. In we did.
0: We did. Uh, we. You know, each team got two hours to practice uh, on the floor before the tournament, which was on Saturday, of course. And I think we went up to Indianapolis. We drove up there from French Lake. Uh, I think we probably had three cars. and I, I remember I drove one. My assistant Prince uh, the coach drove one. And we stayed one night, and I think it was probably on a Thursday night. And then the next day, we had a practice in the afternoon at uh, the, the uh, field house. And I forget what hotel we stayed at. It was right downtown, by the way. I think it was called the who's your hotel or indiana who's your hotel but anyway that's where we stayed and um, a lot of coaches don't want didn't want to stay you know don't didn't they didn't want to stay downtown they would stay out away from the main drag but i don't know i i just decided or we did that we'd stay downtown in a hotel and that was a big excitement you know some of these kids hadn't been out of the county you know
1: Oh, yeah, most definitely. Now, you know, happy belated birthday, by the way. Um, uh, I think you just Thank turned 88.
0: 88 and counting, Bill.
1: <laughs> yes. You know what the neat thing is about talking? I can't uh,
0: imagine. <laughs> being I really can't. I'm blessed, by the way. I'm able to, I'm not on a walker yet. I'm not uh, laid up in bed and I get out and walk from time to time and so i am blessed with uh, with uh the only things happening probably i think my mind's fading a little bit but uh you know that's not that's to be expected
1: you, you know in a conversation that we had uh a couple of weeks ago um which i love those conversations by the way uh, you were talking about you know, uh, you're eighty-eight years old. You, 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 you know, your, your memories of the of, of that time and your time in Indiana is fantastic. But you, you wanted to see if any of the coaches that you coached against were still around, and you said you came up with a couple coaches, right?
0: I, I think the the list I had was quite extensive. By the way, I think I had a list of twenty some coaches that I looked up. And by the way, Bill, all of these coaches were had been inducted in the indiana basketball hall of fame uh, and i found out two of them were still alive uh, uh one would have been uh uh then uh, charles denbow who was a, really a great coach at, in orleans indiana you've probably heard of orleans oh yeah and uh I believe Jack Butcher, who is a legendary coach in Logoti, Indiana,
1: are still alive. Uh, great name too, Logoti, Indiana. But it's just there just, there just, oh, just yeah. aren't name there just aren't names of towns like that in other states, in my opinion. It's
0: crazy. Logoti Indiana. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and Jack Butcher and Butcher Ball and uh, and you know, for, for years held the uh, record for most high school victories, which Yes uh, he did. I think j. r. Holmes just took over for him, i think yeah. a year a year and a half ago.
0: you know you know uh, i I played high school basketball against Jack Butcher. Logoti's only a few miles from French Lake, I don't know, maybe fifteen, twenty miles, and uh he's a heck of a ball player, great ball player in high school, and I think he went on to uh uh Memphis State, I believe Memphis, yeah.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was uh, offered a tryout, or was drafted, or uh, could have played for the Boston Celtics if he would have wanted to. I think. so. yeah.
0: I don't know what year, but his team, and and that was in what I call the golden era of single class tournament basketball. Uh, he had his team, I think, to the final, final tournament or the final championship game, I believe.
1: Do you think? That there would be too much crow to be eaten, or do you think that the possibility of it ever going back to single class will ever happen?
0: Well, quick answer, no. No, I don't believe it'll go back. It won't. It just won't.
1: And is it all because is it all because of that mentality of uh, you know more uh, more different state champions smaller school gets a chance because you guys were small school Milan was a small school
0: yes well there's a lot of discussion about it and I even think it's been brought toward or maybe I've heard it's been uh, brought to the Indiana legislature and never will pass it never did pass and I, I think it's basically uh, More or less a decision at the local level, at the high school administration level. The principals, basically, of high schools, I doubt if they would vote to go back to the single-class system. I I just can't believe they would now.
1: Do you have, do do you recall or do you remember... Or were you having just so much fun as a, a young man coaching? Because, you know, you were five or six years older than um, uh, some of your players because um, of uh, how when you got your job there. But do you. Yeah, I was 25. 25 yeah. years old. Were, were there places or gymnasiums that you really didn't like to play at? Or were there coaches you didn't really like to play against? What was that like?
0: Well, you know, French Lake. West Baden, their gyms were only about a thousand, uh, uh, seating capacity. And, uh, we, I don't think we play very many games. Well, I don't think we played games that uh, had less seating than that. In other words, most of the teams we played had better seating, more seating, larger seating capacity. Uh, so, Back then, you know, they were almost every every game was uh, sellout. And I I didn't like, as a coach, I didn't like to play against a team that had a zone defense, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I wasn't very uh, good at trying to uh, teach how to beat a zone defense. Anyway, um uh, a lot of schools uh, back then did play a zone because the gyms were small and the courts were small. Uh, I know in French Lake and West Baden, the the basketball courts were shorter in length than the standard gym was supposed to be and a little shorter in width. So, and that's not, and that was not uncommon by the way. And of course now why it's all different. It's, 96 by 50, you know, the court size.
1: What, how, how did Coach Wells, how do you get along, communicate, or what, what was that like with parents of players?
0: Well, you know, uh, I'd be remiss to say or tell you that, uh, I had some conflicts with parents uh I'll have to say not in fifty eight How could you have a conflict with parents when you're undefeated all those, <laughs> uh, all that season uh, I didn't no parent no parent came to me and and really upset that the kid didn't get to play and that type of thing, but later on in my I guess it was six years. I was a coach in Indiana. I see, yeah, 56 to 62, six years. Yes, uh, I did have some conflict with parents who thought their kids should be playing. It, that that was the issue. The kid wasn't getting to getting to play, and uh, mama or daddy was real upset about it. But I never uh, failed to treat parents uh, very civil. I mean, you know, they would use some pretty uh, rough language, raw language sometimes. And But I'd like to meet with them separate uh, and sit down and talk to them. A lot of times I would even visit them in, in their home and try to get some kind of resolution. Uh, and a lot of kids, not a lot, but several kids did decide that they would quit, of course, uh, they just didn't want to keep on, and it was traumatic for both sides—the coach and the parents—and it probably carried over in their lives that the coach didn't—he didn't, uh, he, he didn't uh, play my kid, and I, I don't didn't like that.
1: Was did you kind of? Did, did true.
0: You, that was true in every coach. Don't you believe?
1: I I, I believe that, but I just kind of wanted the you know. Did you kind of? You're like, oh, here comes so and so's parents. Okay, you know, or you know, you're like, you know, how, how do you approach that without being rude or without making it confrontational or without being a uh, you know later uh, uh, later on in the season or whatever that you know it's a uh, you know it's it makes you cringe a little bit. You know, how did you do uh, that?
0: But, I would not be rude to right, parents. Right, right, right. That would just not be my nature. It wouldn't be. And and you know, uh, many times a, a good conversation between dad and a coach or mom, they would see uh, my side of the story. You know, many mm-hmm. times they would, but you had to get some kind of a, a good conversation going and and talk about what's best and i always said look on and off the court you know uh let's think about your kid not just on the basketball court but off the basketball court many times those kids uh (coughs) excuse me that wasn't playing were pretty good students in school you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they were good in the classroom and i i tried to uh uh, capitalize on the fact. Hey, look, your kid is a really good student. Let's focus on what he's doing. And a lot of times, I would probably say, "Look, let's go down. Let's keep going, and I'll get him. He'll be he'll be playing some basketball. Okay, he'll probably not ever be a starter on this basketball team, but he will get to play. So, you know, that's the way it always was, and the coaches that have been around a long, long time. Man, I'm sure that they uh, they experienced every kind of conflict that you could think of about playing time. That was the issue almost
1: always. How did you accept other people's input or their two cents worth of what you should do or? or you know but most people probably say you know how you doing today coach or, or go get them or, or good luck at the game yeah. but there there are those uh people who like to give their two cents and how did you how well did coach wells take the two cents of advice from other people
0: well i took the advice okay but i didn't spend a lot of time on it okay <laughs> I, I really didn't because you know it just wasn't gonna work and but the thing about it uh I wasn't rude. I really wasn't rude, and I I just wouldn't spend a lot of time on it. And uh, I I didn't spend much time at the coffee shop with the, or at the barber shop with the uh, <laughs> uh, Monday morning uh, coaches. You, you, you know. Just ask trouble when you do by the way
1: uh, of course of course uh, the book by uh, w timothy wright it's called the valley boys the story of the 1958 springs valley yeah. blackhawks um and which is a fabulous book you can get it on tim uh tim's website and i saw today where you can get it on walmart at walmart.com and of course amazon um and and of yeah. course we're we're chatting with coach uh, uh rex wells from uh who coached that basketball team um you, we we were talking again and We made the comment, I started talking about Milan, and we came up with the story that Mylan possibly wouldn't have won the state championship and all this Hoosier stuff and all this galore of all this may have not happened because Marvin Wood may have stayed in the French Lick area.
0: That's very true. Marvin Wood, in 1950, uh, came to French Lick High School as a coach. And the story is that Marvin was Marvin Wood was uh, uh, he he that was his first year. He was I think 25 years old too at the time. Came to French Lake, and the story is in Bob Plump's uh, book uh, that Marvin Wood really liked French Lake. He was there two years and liked the town. He liked the school, but there was a conflict. I think, uh, his second year, he wanted a little bit more, uh, money for his, uh, uh, talent and, uh, the school board didn't want to pay him any more money and they couldn't come to some issues and, and Marvin, I believe resigned and left. And, uh, the story was, and it is that he, uh, got late in the season and, and, uh, Ended up going to Milan, which really was his, according to the job kind of late. And, uh, of course, you know the rest of that story then.
1: Uh, Did you go to the Final Four in 54 to watch uh, the um, Final Four there in Indianapolis?
0: No, I didn't. I was... uh, uh, actually i was uh, uncle Sam came calling that year and uh, i ended up that was my last year at hanover college and I was drafted then in nineteen fifty four ended up in in Germany by the way
1: How much did you love the game of baseball?
0: Well, probably that was my sport really i I love baseball that was uh that was really my sport uh, it it's just uh it's just really i i don't know I, that was I, I it's easy to say it's that it was my sport i played it in college and i signed after my college uh time at Hanover college i signed a minor league contract in nineteen fifty four in the summer, 1954, to uh, to go to spring training in Florida, uh, which would have been probably February of 1955, but uh, in October, November, I was drafted in 54 and ended up uh, at Fort Riley, Kansas, and then ended up being uh, shipped to Germany for a uh, year and a half there and I played in the army too by the way and that was great experience played all over Germany with uh, military bases and but my career uh, kind of ended after I was discharged from the army and I that's when I signed a contract to play or to uh, to coach at West Baden High School which was my alma mater by the way
1: what was it like back then, or in, in Indiana? Indiana high school basketball when you were coaching. What was? Would you yourself go watch a team that you're going to go play uh, the next week or the following week? Would someone else go and scout? Was there this, such a thing as called scouting, or how would you plan to uh, play a team uh, back when you coached?
0: Well, Bill, I never. And this is probably not uh, what most coaches, but I was so young and I never scouted. I don't think I scouted a game in 1957-58. Now, maybe once in a while I might have asked my assistant principal to, or assistant uh, coach to go watch a team, but not very often. Uh, I didn't do it. I just didn't go watch teams. Today, I would say probably coach or coaches, scout, they get film. I never watched a film, by the way, when I coached. I never did watch a film. Of course, back then, early in the 50s uh, or during that period, I don't know that very many games were filmed anyway. It just wasn't happening, you know. Today, coaches fail in practices, you know, and teach the game that away. way
1: What did, during your coaching career in Indiana High School basketball or co- other coaches you have watched have this happen or did this have this happen to you, w- was there ever really any stress involved? Were you really stressed out? And then how would you kind of get rid of that stress?
0: Well, I think there's yeah, there was stress. Uh, I uh, I think my my release was a workout all the time. I just loved to work out, you know. And I think probably coaches, a lot of coaches did at the time to re- relieve the stress. Uh, there, you know, there wasn't health clubs back then. You either got out and ran, or, or uh, there was no weight rooms, you know, back then in the little schools. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, I used to I used to play Sunday choose-up basketball with guys, and that was a great experience to to do that. That seemed to be the best way for me to release stress. How and did? Of course, you're always you're always trying to uh, you're always trying to find things to do and and all, but.
1: Were you always thinking about the game?
0: Yeah, I was, Bill. I I, I thought about the game all the time. I really did. Uh, you know, it, it, the game of basketball is uh, is so much like life. You know, uh, you don't you don't uh, play it every day. In other words, life. Uh, but uh, I thought about it. A lot uh especially the night before the game, I, I would probably not get a lot of sleep the night before a game.
1: Did you enjoy, like, you know, you watch all the basketball movies. You know, these are the questions that I, I, I just, you know, just wonder about. The, pro- the answers aren't probably spectacular, but just the answers, just questions that I have about the game. You know, all these movies and all that you see, you see the coaches come out. And you see them uh, uh, say uh, hello or, or uh, greet the uh, opposing coach. And, and uh, also, to you go over and shake hands at the end of the game for the same coach that you went and um, uh, introduced yourself to at the beginning of the game. What was that like? Was that, a, a, d- is that something that you, you don't remember doing a lot? Or was, did you enjoy introducing yourself or chatting with a, a coach that you were coaching against? And, and what was it like to, uh, you know, good game, sorry you lost, or what was that like?
0: Well, I yeah, you know, I enjoyed, I really did. I enjoyed my coaching colleagues. Uh, uh, and, and there was always, there was always, at the beginning of the game, you go over and shake hands and all. There was always a friendly atmosphere. And then you had the game, and it, it, it was a competitive thing. And after the game, i tell you the truth, I don't remember and there may have been one or two, I don't even know, but I can't remember after a ball game having lost the game or won the game and 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 uh, that a coach would not shake hands or would not make a comment, et cetera. Never did I ever experience that. Uh, even in a, you know, even in,
1: All right, that's technology at its best. I apologize, I lost you there.
0: Was that me or you?
1: It uh, could have been either one. You know, technology nowadays—you think they could be? It's probably uh, the best technology. Might have, the it best might have been me. The best technology is landline. I know people make fun of people who have landlines, but that's the best technology out there there is. <laughs>
0: well, I'm I'm on a landline because I got a you know my accounting tax accounting business I have to have a landline
1: right 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 but but you, we were, you were talking about uh, whether or not uh, uh, you, you kind of don't remember probably because you either won the game or lost the game on do you congratulate or do you shake hands with the opposing um, uh, coach or yeah. do you chat with the coach
0: yeah and you know what the coaching uh, guys that I competed against hey they were gentlemen they were for sure And I knew them from college. I knew them from, you know, back when. And I played against several of these guys in high school. You know what I mean? Right. And and I just respected them, and I suspect they respected me too. I do
1: you know we we were discussing also on a phone call um you know this past um Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame induction class was to include uh, Jerry Reynolds and of course because of the covid yeah. because of the covid 19 and everything that's yeah. going on it's kind of been kind of delayed and uh, yeah. uh you coached um uh, Jerry i think for one year two years i did and yeah,
0: uh i coached Jerry Reynolds for one year his senior year yeah
1: and, and uh you have a uh uh, and you taught math in high school, correct?
0: I did. I did. I was a math teacher.
1: And now, being a math teacher, I'm going to get back to Jerry Reynolds here for a second. But it, you know, most a lot of coaches go down that physical education route or that history route. Did you have a love for math at at a young age? And and yeah. why did you why did you choose math?
0: Well, uh, when I went to college, uh, and I might have told you this story. I'll, I'll tell it quick. I wanted to be a civil engineer, Bill, when I was in high school. I built model airplanes and stuff, and I really, I was really tied into that uh, analytical part of my brain, I guess you'd say. Anyway, uh, I went to Hanover College, and of course my high school was less than 100, and we didn't have uh, labs, we didn't have any of the, you know, the extra stuff in school like most uh, bigger schools. And so I went to Hanover thinking I'd start with pre-engineering. I went to the pre-engineering table to uh, get my courses, and and the guy, uh, the professor, he said, uh, well, R- Wells, did you have chemistry in high school? I said, no, we were real small school, didn't have chemistry. Well, what about this, or what? How about physics? Did you have Physics. I said, "Well, no, I don't even think I can spell physics." Well, anyway, <laughs> long story short, the guy says, uh, uh, "Young man, do you?" See, he never did uh, say my name or ask for my name, but anyway, young man, did you do you see the guy sitting over here at the other table? Yeah. Well, why don't you go talk to him? I said, "Oh, okay, I'll do that." So uh, I did, and it happened to be. The football coach at Hanover College and the athletic director. So I walk over to his table, Bill. He jumps up and he comes around and he says, "Hello there. What is your name?" And I said, "Well, my name's Rex Wells." He said, "Well, hello Rex. I am Dutch Struck, the football coach at Hanover College. I'm the athletic director. I'm head of the PE or physical education department. That's." physical ed, not phys ed, Uh, I see you come from the engineer table over there. Yeah, I said, I kind of wanted to be an engineer. Well, he said, Rex, I'll tell you, if you sign up here for the courses, you can be an engineer of people. And I never will forget that as long as I live. He says, you can be an engineer of people. Well, long story short, I signed up for the courses and Physical education, and had mathematics as a also as a minor. Uh, I played two years football for Coach Struck. I worked in his office for a couple years as his secretary and gopher. Uh, That's that's how I became uh, a teacher and a coach. That story.
1: And, And let's take that back to teaching math class and uh jerry reynolds in your class and uh you told me a great story about you know you you thought possibly he was over there doing some kind of a some kind of a fabulous math for a formula and uh, he comes up to you after class and shows you something
0: yeah uh yeah i caught i taught an analytic geometry or maybe it was trigonometry class and jerry was in the class and and uh, and he did uh, from time to time. He would come up to my desk. I gave students at the end of the class ten minutes to do assignments and all. And Jerry would come up and say, "Hey," uh, or I would say, "Oh, Jerry, you have a problem with the problem uh, assignment?" Or, "Well, yeah, but here here's what I'd like to show you. I've been uh, doing some stuff." And so he'd lay the paper down, and he had it. X and O's and drawn out. And he had this foul circle and all in the court, all drawn out on piece of paper. And he said, well, can I show you this? I said, well, yeah, yeah. He said, well, I've drawn up a play, and I I'm going to show you a basketball play. Uh, You know, the X's and O's and the ball's here. It goes down the side and then comes back, over side. And then right here, uh, and this is Jerry talking, uh, right here at the top of the key is... uh, uh, the eggs, uh, and this is where the shot is. And I said, "Oh, really? Yeah." He said, uh, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, well, who is this at the top of the uh, of the key shooting the ball? Who is that?" And he said, "Well, that's me, Coach." <laughs> now that is a true story, and and really, it's so typical, of Jerry Reynolds. <laughs>
1: What what was it like? Isn't it is it is it nice as a coach to see some of your former players uh, get the accolades that uh, uh, that they get yeah. in there? And how does that make a, a coach feel?
0: Well, you just feel you just feel great. It's very exhilarating, acceler- and, and it's just a feeling. It's just a great feeling, Bill. I I just can't even explain it. Really. Right. You you know. It's a- it's a bond I'll tell you what it is. It's a strong bond of friendship and camaraderie that lasts your whole life. That's what it is. Short and sweet. That's what it is in, you know, in, in being in touch later on, like 60 years later, for me, uh, and I am in touch with, with players. I am. Uh, in fact, the matter is, I just recently had a talk with Jerry because Jerry's sister, uh, who was in my math classes at Spring Valley High School, recently had just passed away with COVID-19. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I visited with Jerry on it, and it was uh, it a re- really sad uh, experience for the family. It really was.
1: You know, what's interesting about memories and, uh, you know, uh, high school basketball, you know, I wasn't a very good basketball player, but I kind of uh, took everything in. I soaked, I soaked, I was like a sponge with basketball. So I took stuff in that the players who were working hard and and, and playing good basketball uh, didn't catch on because, you know, I wasn't out on the court or I wasn't practicing. And, and, um, you know, there'll be a song that'll come on the radio or there'll be a, uh, uh, a picture of something, and it will take me instantly back to a game that mm-hmm. we lost, back to a game that we won, back to something that just brings a smile to my face. What? Yeah. What? Uh, like on a daily basis? Do you do you do you think about 1958 and what could have been or what did transpire? And uh, is it a daily thing or every once every one, two, three days? Does it come to your mind and bring a smile to your face?
0: It 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 does. It it does. And you know, I don't uh, <clears throat> I don't know there's no there's an old saying, you know, I always say this uh in a letter or something that I'm writing to a former player. I I said, I'm eighty eight years old and I know I know for sure now, Bill, that I'm a sentimental old coot that loves to reminisce about yesteryear. Basically, the game of basketball. You know that is that's me, and uh, I think about I think about the nineteen fifty eight. You know, tell you the truth, we thought we would win that tournament. By the way, we thought for sure that no one could beat us. Hey, we were twenty five and zero. We were twenty five and zero, and we didn't think anybody would beat us. Even though South had the greater team and the favorite and the Height advantage by at least 10 inches. <clears throat> but we thought we would win. We thought we'd be 27-0, first team, young team, new team, that never, ever, ever lost a game. And uh, even today, if I'm talking to a, one of the players, we still reminisce quite a bit about the team. Uh, and I do think about it. Now, do I think about other teams Yeah, Bill, I had a team in Greensburg that won seven stinking ball games and lost, I don't know, 17, I think it was. And uh, I think about that team, too, Uh, and I've been in touch with some of those guys time to time. And uh, So it's not just winning. You, You also think about the kid. There's more to basketball than just the game itself, you know. Like I said, there's a bond of friendship and camaraderie with coaches of past seasons and players that is just powerful. It's a very powerful emotion. And I'm sure many coaches do the same thing that I've done. It's still in my blood, by the way.
1: Now, now, speaking of that, you know, and, and I know because of the circumstances of what's going on with the pandemic, but, uh, um, you know, before the pandemic started, do you st- still find yourself, like, stopping on a college basketball game or watching a professional basketball game, or is that something that's just just not you, – You got other things well, that I you love,
0: do? I, you know what? I love uh, college basketball. I, you know, I do love watch college basketball. I do. And uh, I don't watch pro so much anymore. I used to, but not so much anymore but I love to watch college basketball games. Just really uh, a good entertainment for me.
1: Once getting to Colorado, did you have opportunities to coach, but you decided just to stay in the the administrative portion of it?
0: Well, yeah, you know, you don't coach after uh, being uh, an administrator. Rarely do you coach unless you're really a small, small, small school. Um, when I came to Colorado, the school that I, I was assistant principal and athletic director of a school, about 1,500 kids, so, you know, that's what my job was, uh, and then I became principal of a high school, which was rebuilt, or new high school, built, uh, but uh, uh, that, you know, that's your job now, and, and by the way, my last year was 1962, and I didn't think I would, I thought I would be a coach in Springs Valley for several years, and I was given the principal job in 1962 at Springs Valley High School, and, uh, and that was my last year of coaching, 61, 62, uh, and just think of this, I gave up. The idea or the possibility of coaching the legend Larry Bird. How about that?
1: Ooh, expound. Pardon me. Uh, continue on that, you okay? because because you would have st- continued to stay at Springs Valley. You mean.
0: If I, you know, I was if I had not taken the principal's job, which that's another story. I didn't know if I even wanted to be a principal, but the the superintendent kind of twisted my arm and I gave in I guess but I would have probably stayed at French leg and I would have had Larry Bird as as a player
1: but your 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 brain just explodes thinking about that doesn't it
0: well it kind of does if you <laughs> if you know what I mean uh, now that was 62 Larry graduated from Frank Valley High School in 1974 right now you know I don't know that I would have been this 62. Uh, that would have been 12 more years of coaching high school. I don't know if I would have stayed at 12. Yeah, you know, I might have. I don't know. But uh, uh, well, Larry was a senior, you know, in '74, so he was a freshman at '70. Uh, you know, I could have been eight years coaching. You know, eight more years.
1: Very interesting.
0: But I didn't. I took the principal's job, and, well, you know the rest of the story. That's where I spent 32 years as a school administrator, had a heart attack, uh, changed jobs, became uh, became a uh, public accountant, and I've closed my office this year after 32 years as a public accountant. So I really had two, I've had two careers, really.
1: I told I told one of my math teachers, all I need to know is uh, how many cans of soup I can get for a dollar, and I was sent to the principal's <laughs> office. I was, I was horrid at math, horrid, I, oh, and really? I don't know why. I, mean, I love history and everything else, but I was just, I would concentrate on some of the subjects I was really good at more to make myself even better, but math, I was just horrid. I don't know why.
0: Well, you know, I love numbers. You love history and that, you know there's a that's the difference. I, I love numbers in high school and college. Uh I hated to read in high school. I hated to read you know, Bill, now I read about a book every week, you right. know. I never read a book in college. I never did. I never read a book in high school. Uh Today, kids do book reports and all that. I never had any of that, never. But somehow, now, I, I can't get enough to read. I love to read. <laughs> should have been I should have been doing that 60 years ago.
1: I remember one time in math class, I, I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player, and one time in math class, the teacher comes walking around and, I've got all these numbers written down on this piece of paper. And the teacher, at the look of his face, was kind of like he was kind of impressed. And he said, what are are these? And I said, well, this is a 17-year career in Major League Baseball. This is how many hits I have each year. This is how many doubles I'm going to have, triples, home runs, stolen bases. And then I have my totals down on the bottom, and it looks like I'm going to be, and the teacher looks at the piece of paper and goes, well, it looks like you're about 21 home runs short of Babe Ruth's record. oh boy yeah yeah what 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 is what was basketball like in colorado compared to what it is in indiana or was it well is basketball
0: in had five levels i believe it was five levels of basketball a AA, AAA, four a five a i okay. think it was five levels and and it depended on enrollment and by the way i think indiana has the same maybe four levels now uh I, I did some reading recently. I think it was 1996, I believe that's right, uh, or 69 or 96, that Indiana went to class basketball. Do you know if that's right or not? In,
1: in when, when what year?
0: I think it was ni- 1996. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: 96, I think, was the last um, uh, single yeah. class champion. And then I think, they yes, they went right. to uh, four different classes.
0: Yeah and uh I think that's pretty typical across the United States, don't you imagine? I don't think any state would have single class basketball or single class football now. I don't think so.
1: no, and I, I think you're correct but 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 what a but what stories and what history and what memories come about those states that held that for so long?
0: Well, you know what it it was the era of the golden era of single class tournament basketball that's what it was
1: how how did you you know during that magical run in 58 um you know of course the media is totally different today but what was it like for a newspaper guy to ask you questions did they ask you smart questions dumb questions did you uh, enjoy kind of dealing with the media or um did you mess you with know, them I, or?
0: I really did enjoy dealing with the media i did and uh, you know i had calls all the time basically in 1957 58 and then even '58 and '59, we had a team that had uh, we won 18 ball games that year, and had uh, Marvin Prud. I know that he was an All-State uh, basketball player as a senior and made the All-State team, and he was inducted recently. Well, 19 or 2015, he was inducted in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, and uh, he became. Second person in spring valley high school to be inducted there and of course jerry reynolds is going to be the third person to be inducted in the indiana Hall whole thing
1: so so what does coach wells do today does do you uh i know you just said you read a lot of books a book a week do uh, what else do you keep yeah. yourself uh uh occupied with
0: well you know of course during this uh covid pandemic uh, i've been at home i don't get out much. well i say i don't get out much i do get out every afternoon rain shine, snow, sleet i don't care what and i have a little boston terrier dog that he's just uh terrific and i get him out and we go to a, uh, a little trail here in fort collins and walk about 45 minutes or so uh I look forward to that experience every day. And if I don't get to do it, I get real upset. Now, can you imagine that? Uh, but I get out and do that, and I'm still able to do that. I don't have to have a walk, or I don't have to have a cane. Uh, and we just take a walk and enjoy the scenery. And if it's 30 degrees or whatever, or if it's 95, last I was out, recently and it was a 100 degrees and we still did it we still did the walk and he's a therapeutic dog i call him you
1: know (laughs) do do you you agree do you agree do you agree that you know sports today high school sports today um or you know society in a whole there's just too many choices and that's why there's not one specific thing that just stands out all the time
0: yes Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the school I was principal at here in Fort Collins, uh, they had a in the years past, they have won th- five 5A baseball championships in the state of Colorado. name of the school is Rocky Mountain High School. And uh, their baseball program has been terrific. I mean, absolutely. Five, five state championships, 5A. Uh, And they've had, I don't know, four or five kids that made major league uh, tryouts. One kid now is a starting pitcher for uh, Mariners. But what I'm getting at, uh, Bill, the program now, they take the kids in the summer and go to California, they go to Florida to play baseball tournament. And I think, and my gut is, man, that's a little bit over. Now, we're talking high school here. We're not talking college or whatever. We're talking high school. And uh, that's true with basketball. That's true with volleyball. That's true with you name it. And I believe it's over the top. I'd really do.
1: Well, Coach Rick Wells, uh, another hour in the books. It goes by fast, doesn't it?
0: Oh my god, is it an hour? I didn't even look at the clock. Yeah, it, it it goes fast.
1: It goes by fast. This is our fourth hour. We can put we can put this in and make this an audio book.
0: Bill, I wanna uh really compliment you and your program. I know you call it uh keeping the nostalgia live, uh an in Indiana uh, sports program is that right Have uh said that
1: right well now now most t- most of the time because i do uh involve uh something from uh basketball from the state of indiana it's a uh, uh, welcome to keeping the nostalgia alive, the indiana basketball memory shows and then sometimes when i'm doing uh someone who played uh basketball that wasn't from indiana you know it's the keeping the nostalgia alive show
0: yeah yeah well i want to compliment you on keeping that going i hope you uh I hope you keep that going for a long, long time. I really do.
1: Well your show you're episode number two oh eight today, so it's uh it's it's been really fun to do. I love it.
0: Are you looking down the road at anything else in your life and career? I I, I don't remember you told me how old you were. I've sixty, is that uh, right?
1: No, I'm I'll be fifty three in November.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> oh. oh wow. <laughs> Oh uh,
1: but I'm an old soul. If that a lot of people tell me I'm a, I have an old soul. But, well,
0: I, I've got that pr- uh, problem of uh, inescapable consequences of old age. I guess <laughs> they call it. And uh, for me to be, uh, for you to ask me to be on your program is quite an honor. I guess you know that.
1: Oh uh, no, and uh, and I love hearing I I, I love hearing what it was about, what it was like, what you know, because you, you, sometimes you really can't you can't get that from a book. You need to hear it, someone no. say it, you know. And it's just uh, you know, yeah. and the and and unfortunately, you know how history is. Unfortunately, some of this stuff, and and I love getting people. I love getting people. Uh, we lost. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Um, I think he played at Odin, Indiana. His name was Larry, and his nickname was Buddy. Larry Buddy Graham. Yes. And, and he. I j- know
0: Odin. I know Odin, Indiana. I do know him, Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, and he passed away yeah. the other day, and but I had the opportunity. Oh, really? I've had the opportunity to interview him, and now his oh, uh, his his voice is still out there. His stories are still out there, and that's what I that's what I I, I love doing.
0: Bill, I I uh, by the way I listen to a lot of your. Uh, interviews I have uh, and I I want you to know I, I really enjoy it. Awesome. I really enjoy listening to your interviews. And I've listened to a lot of them. A lot of them.